there, everybody. Welcome to Let's Plan a Wedding. I'm Dave Yost. And I'm Manny Kowalski. And uh, today we are going to be talking about uh, wedding traditions. We had teased this one a few episodes back. And uh, yeah, uh, so Mandy has done most of the research for this one. Uh, I think uh, you just had some free time at work one day. And No, uh, I didn't, employers. <laughs> but uh no so you know it, it was it was interesting when when we were talking about this before recording uh in that like it's surprising how many tentpole uh aspects of weddings are you know traditions that one aren't as old as you think they are and, and two uh, have really weird origins, <laughs> and uh, no, so we figured this would be a good uh, topic to uh, to cover. So, uh, Mandy, where do you want to start? I think the most common thing when people think of a wedding, they think of the bride in her beautiful white gown, and yes. I think that that's just very iconic. Of you think wedding, you think beautiful white flowing dress. It's it's white to symbolize her purity and it's a tradition that's been around for millennia and it has been around for a long time but i was kind of quite surprised to find out not as long as you would think the wedding dress of old wasn't usually white and that was kind of surprising for me to find out what color was it well in very old times it was just the bride's best dress Mm. It was a dress that she could reuse. People didn't have, you know, the luxuries and some in in some cases couldn't pick the the money. It was very expensive to get dresses made, nice gowns Mm -hmm. like that. So it wasn't like now where you go on Amazon and you find a dress you like and you buy it. There was a whole ordeal and process made in that. So they would often pick colors or patterns in which they could reuse for other social events. And I think that I, in most people of my age group, just assume that this is something that dates back to, you know, ever. Times of yore. (laughs) And it's actually, it was Queen Victoria that started to curb this tradition. So we're talking early 1800s? Yes. So she went against the grain and picked an all-white dress, which was surprisingly uncommon. Hmm. And previous to that, dresses were usually blue Hmm. to symbolize purity, if that's what the bride was going for, as blue was the common color for for purity. So she went against the grain and picked this long, lovely, white flowing gown. And in, as I guess to compare it to modern times, someone very elite and famous did it. So other people started copying her. Well, and at the time, you know, the, the Great Britain was the global superpower. So the ruler of the most powerful country in the world at the time went with a white wedding dress. You're going to get a lot of people copying that. And the veil is actually older than the custom of the white wedding dress. Dating back to ancient Greece more Roman times as they thought that putting the bride in a veil symbolized protecting her from evil spirits. 
Well, I'm I'm glad you'll be protected from evil spirits at our wedding. Yeah, we we don't want anyone any of those floating around. Yeah. But so I was really surprised to find that the veil itself outdated the traditional white wedding dress. So I guess that was one thing that was surprising for me. And going into other customs that are just super common with a wedding, you throw a bouquet. Yeah. And that's what you do. You throw it to give luck to your single ladies out there. And they catch it. They're the next one to be married. That is probably the weirdest tradition I found. That okay. How it actually started. So in old times, people felt that it was good luck to touch the bride. And that, in some cases... That's weird. It, it, is, it gets weirder. So <laughs> in some cases... They would not only touch the bride, but they would rip a piece of her gown or veil off of her and keep it as a souvenir for luck. That's weirder. That is extremely weird. So you would get these scenarios where these brides were literally just being mauled apart by their guests and their gowns were being shredded. So the bouquet started as kind of a defense move of the bride would throw her bouquet and run away. She would throw her bouquet, the crowd would chase after the bouquet, and she would then run away to her bridal chamber to not be pawed at and torn apart by her adoring friends and family. Well, I'm I'm glad we've moved on from, from that earlier version. I'm but. very pleased that nobody, well, anyone who's coming to my wedding, please don't rip pieces of me off at my wedding. I'm not going to be okay with that. It's not going to go well. I mean, I I support that, but after a couple drinks, I can't speak for Nikki. Who knows what she's going to be up to? So She's going to do it, and she's going to be like, it's tradition, and run away. She might. I would hope not. But So in keeping with that, that's also where the tossing of the garter comes from. Same kind of thing? Well, after the crowd would pick apart the bouquet, or a member would take the bouquet... They would then come to the bridal chamber and stand around the door and knock on the door, hoping to get another chance at the bride. So the groom began opening the door, throwing the garter out and shutting the door as an, as an effort to get them to go away. So, I mean, yeah, you've got these uh, kind of darling wedding traditions that that people do, do these days that really... Are, are just, you know, holdovers from a time when apparently people didn't uh, respect personal space? Well, I think they're from very antiquated customs, as I maybe mentioned in a previous episode. But, like, I mean, some people do still fear evil spirits, but not so much as maybe in, like, ancient Greece, where they felt gods and evil spirits basically ruled your daily life. Mm-hmm. So, and, you know, I think we have enough good sense as people to not rip apart the bride these days and realize you don't need that much good luck from her. <laughs> you you kind of make your own luck and perhaps tearing apart your friend's wedding gown is not the way to achieve that. Yeah, like I said, I'm just trying to picture that in a, in a modern context of, you know, again, a, a bride here in 2018 you know, with with all her friends and family surrounding her, and then they just jump her. It sounds pretty horrific, and, like, maybe lawsuits might be yeah, filed. that's 
that's weird. It is very weird. So, there was another one that I came across that, again, you think wedding, you think beautiful tiered wedding cake. Mm-hmm. It's iconic. You cut it. It's beautiful. Well, that actually started on a slightly weirder note as well. It used to be bread. It was stacked bread and it wasn't eaten. It was broken over the bride's head or thrown at the bride. Oh, we got to bring that one back. Well, one of one of our friends has actually said that they're going to loft a pretzel roll at me okay. in the middle of the ceremony. So, bolo for that. Her aim's not that great. That sounds like Carrie. <laughs> so, in any case, yeah, you basically you stood there while bread was thrown at you or broken over your head in a promotion of fertility because somehow the bread symbolized gifting you with fertility, which they actually believed. They believed if they threw bread at you, it would it would make you consume a child. Consume a child? Or, I'm sorry, consummate a child. Oh, my God. It's like, well, no, I, well, mean, with, I mean, with what you're saying already, I'd have to say anything's on the table. I was just going to say, who knows what these people did uh, back then. You know, you you, you get the, the ring from the ring bearer, and then you eat the kid, <laughs> you know, to, to bring good luck or to ward off hobgoblins. Uh, so... Yeah, no, I, I gotta say, these these weddings of, of yesteryear sound pretty horrific. They do sound like medieval, just, just torturous things. Like, I'm sure the people at the time were like, no, tis, tis all in good fun. Uh, but, like, happy wedding. Let me chuck a roll at you. <laughs> and yeah. then tear your gown apart for luck. Yeah. Oh, and then uh, uh, pound on the door while you're, uh, uh, you know, consummating the marriage. That's that's classy. So another strange thing that ladies would do with the cake is they would take a piece home and put it under their pillow so that they would dream of their future husband. Oh, so you're talking like... Guests. S- single guests. Would take a piece of the wedding cake home and ruin their bed after it became cake as opposed to bread yeah and they would then put this cake under their pillow to dream of their future groom that's gonna be messy i i don't see how that would go well i would not appreciate waking up to cake and i sleep with my hands under the pillow a lot so it just... i mean do you, do you want ants because that's how you get ants uh yeah no that does not seem like Again, I think take into account that the first wedding cakes that started hitting the scene were more like a fruit cake. Okay. So, yeah, because I'm picturing with like the frosting and and all that stuff on it. I guess you're still gonna get ants. I mean, it's still not cool. Yeah. I still wouldn't like it, but yeah, I think it was and, more and, like a loaf fruit cake. And, and and hey, maybe they'd stand a better chance of getting a husband. If they weren't sleeping with cake under their pillow and had a bed full of ants. Well, I personally thought that was pretty gross. Yeah, that's weird. I, I am in no way, shape, or form have ever taken a piece of cake from one of my friend's wedding and decided, hey, let's stick this under my pillow. Mm. Seems like a nice way to ruin your pillowcase. Yeah. Well, and, and again, that's not the, you know, I, it's not the only cake-based tradition i i know you know the still to this day uh people save the top part and and 
eat it on their first uh, wedding anniversary, which I know you and I are not doing. That is one of the traditions we will not be upholding. No, because eating year-old, stale, frozer, freezer-burned cake it does not sound like a fun way to celebrate our first wedding anniversary. That sounds pretty gross, and I'd appreciate it if you would just get a new cake. Yeah, no, I'm, I'm, that's my plan. We'll... We'll consume the entire cake at the wedding, but and again, then just get a new cake. The keeping of the top tier of the cake originally comes from going back to again, the cake was more like a fruit cake. Yeah, but still, and it's still year old cake. But it wouldn't be saved for a year because what you were supposed to do with the top of the cake is use it at your child's christening. So in oldie times, yeah, but that's still a year out. It's. Eight to nine months. Yeah. Because you figure most people began trying to conceive children yeah, but that's, on the night. That might as well be a year. But think even, about... Even, even if you got pregnant on the wedding night and then, you know, had the kid exactly nine months later and had the christening, uh, you know, weeks after that. But again, let's think about how long a fruitcake really stays around for. I don't think they ever go bad, do they? I don't know. Well, I don't think they're ever good to begin with. I throw them out upon receiving them. Sorry to anyone listening who has given me a fruitcake in the past. But, yeah, sorry uh, fruitcake lovers. Fruitcake fruit plays by the same rules as coleslaw. In that, you know, step one to eating coleslaw is to take the lid off the coleslaw. Step two is to throw it in the garbage. And you have, you, 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 coleslaw is taken care of. Same thing with fruitcake. It's gross and weird. I don't understand people who like it. So I think in modern times with the, you know, birth of the refrigeration unit and the freezer, that this then became, you save your cake in the freezer and you eat it on your year anniversary. Yeah, it's still weird. Which we're not going to do. No, because it's weird. If, If somebody tried to pitch you that idea with literally anything else, you'd say that they were crazy. If they were like, hey, eat this, you know salmon today and then you're going to save a little piece of it and throw it in the freezer and thaw it out a year from now and eat it you'd be like go away crazy man uh but yeah the the uh, for some reason it still sticks around when it comes to the wedding cake it does and i'm glad that we're both in agreement that we're not doing this oh no i'm with you on this and another i don't know if we've even broached this yet but when it comes time to cut the cake... oh live on the podcast. Our cat's back. Yes. But when it comes to cut the cake, which is symbolically the... And this kind of doesn't make any sense to me, but I, I guess I see it. It's symbolically the first thing we've done as man and wife. Although definitely not the first thing we've done as a couple, because we've just planned this entire wedding together. Yeah. But it's your first act of togetherness of your goal of working together as man and wife so you cut the cake you then eat the cake cute little feed it to each other please don't smash cake in my face of course not i never dream of doing that again i don't know if we've broached this but i'd really prefer if you did not smash cake in my face i I'm saying I'm not going to do that, wink. Right. The look on your face, though, you, you're you saying you're not, but your eyes say <laughs> yes, yes. 
<laughs> I don't know what I'm being accused of here. I mean, granted, in the moment, there would be no stopping me. Uh, so um, I think you and our listeners will just have to wait for the wedding to find out. Well, spoiler, if I get cake smashed in my face, I'm grabbing a hunk full of it and throwing it at someone Jim Belushi-style yelling food, food fight. Who are you going to throw it at? Not sure. Probably someone in the groom's party. No, I think you go for your cousin Troy. Mm, he might keep it going. Yeah. But, so those are some of the common traditions that I found that I had a little fun researching and everything. So okay. there are some traditions that are specific to us that we are going to include into the wedding. Mm-hmm. And I know from my side, there's a few we're keeping and a few... Yes, because it wouldn't be... A Polish family without a bunch of weird, nonsensical ban on chicken uh, eating traditions. There is no wedding ban on chicken. No, no, just on New Year's. Just on New Year's. What what delicious thing aren't we able to do at our wedding? You're really bitter about the chicken. It's weird. <laughs> but in any case, no, it's not so much of, ex- of an exclusion of things. Um, typically at a Polish wedding, it is customary to dance to polka yeah. as is our theme music. So it's kind of become a little bit of, I guess, bad luck if you don't play at least one polka song. See, I think that's a tradition started by that one member of every family who either openly or secretly just really loves polka. And apparently if you tell the Polish that anything is bad luck, they'll, they'll, they'll snap too real quick. We do tend to be a little superstitious. It's a superstitious lot. Uh, but, uh, so yeah, this, it's like uncle, I don't know, what's a Polish first name? Kashmir. <laughs> uncle Kashmir over there. Like, I really want to uh, listen to polka, but no one likes polka. So it's bad luck if you don't <laughs> listen to polka. And he gets his one polka song. That was a terrible Polish It's a terrible Polish. But in any case, I don't mind polka music so much and that we're going to play one polka song. Yeah. So if anyone out there has any fun polka songs, because I'd like to stay away from maybe the more traditional ones. No, uh, no roll out the barrel. I don't mind roll out the barrel, but I know there are a lot of fun polka bands, especially being in the Chicagoland mm. area. And so if anyone has any suggestions, feel free to hit us up and... Give me some band ideas, some song ideas. I'm open. Yeah. But there's another Polish tradition, which I think it's just because we like to drink, in that you do a customary shot at the wedding, and the shot is pure vodka, Mm -hmm. which was really interesting and amusing to watch my cousin's Irish husband drink a straight shot of vodka as he could just not understand why we would do such (laughs) a terrible thing and then asked if he could have whiskey instead and was told no yeah that's not the tradition so it's not the best thing in the world to shoot but well and and i know we had talked about that one before and i think i'm gonna uh i used to uh uh, drink vodka with a buddy of mine who was he had grown up in Poland and he would get Polish vodka sent to him from his uh, from his family back in back in the old country and there's some really good very smooth ones there are there can be very smooth ones. so for that shot I might try to try my best to remember 
some of the better ones we would do and see about getting I mean I'm sure Benny's or somewhere uh, has them or I'm sure I could find them online and yeah. plus to anyone any one of our guests who's suffering from any type of cold or <laughs> nasal impurity the clear alcohol it'll it'll solve that it'll problem. cure you uh, so another custom that comes from very old times, which I have still done, seen done in modern weddings in certain settings, is you hang sausage from certain places. And this is just a very old custom, I think, of back when weddings were a little bit more moderate and you couldn't always afford to give your guests wedding feasts and things like that. So you would cure your best meats and make your best sausages. And, and decorate with them of sorts because wait now let me get this are, are people are they just hanging there in, or, or are people pulling them off the wall and eating them in old time tradition like again going back to old custom poland guests would take them down and eat them and have a snack. or take one home hmm. or part of one home and that would be their takeaway from the wedding well i mean we're not decorating the 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 reception area in sausages but uh when it comes to wedding favors if we want to give them some cured meat i'm okay with that yes cured meat is delicious so i i mean i think that would be much appreciated but i don't think the congress would appreciate us hanging cured meat from 100 year old decorations no they would they would throw us out it's see well at the very least it seems like there would be a cleaning bill but but uh but i mean you know most weddings you go to it's a little bag with like three Hershey kisses in it. I think if we gave people a, a log of summer sausage, they'd be like, hey, all right. Plus, after six hours of drinking, that salty cured meat is going to come in handy. You might be onto something there. Yeah. Restore some of those electrolytes into your system. So, another Polish custom in which we are cutting out of the wedding just because I think it's very outdated. And if not executed well, can be sort of tacky. It's referred to as the apron dance. Or? Or the dollar dance. Yes. But traditionally, the bride will put an apron on and guests will put a dollar in the apron and basically buy a dance with the bride. Like, Like a stripper. Kind of, except the bride doesn't... Well, unless her ground's been ripped to shreds. And again, that's that's, that's not to uh, malign the uh, purveyors of the art of stripping out there. But, uh, you know, it's your wedding day. Uh, yeah, no, I'm, I'm with you. This is, this is one we could do with I that. get where the old-time custom comes from. Again, you know, especially taking Poland as a country, the guests were... They didn't always have a lot of money. Mm-hmm. The grooms and brides didn't always have a lot of money, so weddings could be more moderate. And what you would then do with the apron money is purchase things for your child. Okay. As in, you know, most couples, this is old time, so most couples, this is their first child. They don't have any baby items as of yet. Showers aren't a prominent thing. So you take this money, you put it off to the side, and you save up for things like a building of a crib and bassinet and items that you might need for that. 
So the custom does come from nice, humble beginnings. Mm -hmm. But I do see where, you know, in modern day, it becomes a little bit more, your mind goes to a little bit more, eh. It's weird. And not only that, this room is filled with my friends and my family. I intend on dancing with them for no charge. Yeah. Well, and, and again, you got to flip that, too, is I, I have to imagine if, if you are a bride uh, who is maintaining this tradition at her wedding, that about halfway through the night or halfway through the reception, that's going to get really annoying because, you know, it's your wedding day. You're trying to, to you know, uh, talk with and, and spend time with all these people who came out to your wedding and you're going to have a bunch of, of uh, you know, it perfectly good natured wedding guests coming up to you and being like, here's a dollar. Let's go out and dance. And you wind up dancing for three hours straight. Right. And I'd really, again, you know, if there's the thing of, okay, let's, there's just not in my mind, a good way to accomplish that of it's let's collect the dollars and do all the dollar dances. Now that could take, an hour of open dance time that maybe I wish to be dancing with you or I mean I just don't I don't like the concept of it and again if people are looking to keep their traditions to it I believe people in my family have done it and it's all up to you Mm. I personally don't like the custom and I know that we've kind of cut out the garter throw for that very same reason. Yeah, because just don't like I, it. I, I find it just weird. It's a little, I don't know, lechy. Uh, and yeah, like the, the the bouquet toss is is nice and and cute, but it's yeah you know, yeah. There's a there's a I've always found and and this is just me. That there's a a mild undercurrent of perviness to the whole garter toss thing, uh, which I can do without that at our wedding. I'm I'm good without that. You've compared it to throwing a piece of my underwear at our guests. Yeah, and and then being really excited about it too. Uh, plus, you know, uh, you know, another kind of strike against it is even if we wanted to do that uh i think we had talked about on an earlier episode we don't have a a huge contingent of single people coming to our wedding you know really just on account of us being older most of our friends and family are married by now so like if we had if we did the garter toss there might be four dudes standing out there which makes it even weirder Somehow. And I've recently found a lot of people that criticize the bouquet toss. Mm. They feel like it's singling out your Your single single friends friends and putting them on display of, oh, look at all the ladies that haven't caught men. Well, and and then forcing them into a competition to scramble over each other to get the bouquet, thus symbolically scrambling over each other to get married. Uh, which I guess I could see that, but, you know, again, well, the bouquet not being a tradition really involving me, um, I'm good either way. I honestly think that I would like to keep the bouquet toss. I, mean, I, 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 I don't I got want, no issue with it. 
I don't want any of my single friends to think that we're basically calling them out to the dance floor to point fingers at them and mm-hmm. say, oh, look at everyone who isn't married yet. But I think that, too, is a little, I guess, disrespectful in itself to feel that way, that we're singling them out because, oh, they don't have a man. But I don't I don't see it that way. Not every woman needs a man to complete herself. So mm-hmm. I see it more as a token of... I'm throwing my bouquet for to keep with the good luck spirit mm-hmm. of you catch the bouquet, it's good luck. You know, whatever that may or may not bring for the person. So I think I'm going to keep it. Nice. I think I'm going to make a smaller separate bouquet as mine's going to have some charms mm. or totems on them. <laughs> and I don't really want to lose got, any of gotta that. Got to ward off those evil spirits. Right. You, I mean, we are going to be in the Congress. What about the, the the fairies and the, I don't know. We're, I'm Polish, not Irish. We don't we don't put stock in the fairies. Yeah, but I, you, you should, I, you're, I'm surprised you don't want to latch on to that because it's something else made up to be afraid of. So I do think I'm going to stick with the bouquet toss. Okay. And single ladies, I hope you don't take it as I'm trying to make a mockery or put you on display. I think it's just a fun little thing of see who catches it and let them have their moment of good fortune. Yeah. Uh, So uh, what else we got for wedding traditions? Well, this is kind of where your German heritage wedding traditions come in. Well, and, and yeah, to that point. So again, you listed off those and... Those are, you know, traditions that your family has held through the the generations. And, you know, like your cousin uh, Ashley did a lot of those at her wedding. I'm sure your, you know, your parents' generation, all all of your aunts, you know, did similar things. Your grandparents going back to that. On my side, uh, my family's been in the U.S. a a good long while. uh, Long enough so that by the time I came around, like... We we didn't have a lot of connection to the old country. Uh, it just wasn't ever really a presence in my life. And aside from uh, really enjoying liver sausage, I don't have a lot of, you know, a strong, you know, uh, fondness for, uh, yeah, the, the old, you know, Bavarian traditions. So... When we were talking about, you know, the the Polish traditions, uh, I had to look up German wedding traditions because I didn't know any. Uh, and uh, so we found a couple, and they're kind of they sound kind of fun, so we'll go with those because why not? Uh, and so the the one uh, of course is the uh, the Nuremberg Cup, uh, which uh, is is a pretty cool little contraption it's what is it it's pewter it i think it can be a variety of metals and i'm going to put you on the spot a little bit do mm. you actually know the history of the nuremberg bridal cup i do not well again <laughs> mandy did all the research i uh i was kind of lazy about this one the story of the cup as told is that a well-off woman fell in love with a common metal worker in old time Germany. And her father was very, very opposed to this as he had picked out a much more suitable, respectable, richer Mm. suitor for her to marry. 
So she broke against his word and tried to run off with the, the poorer metal worker, which the father did not take kindly to. And him being a nobleman, he had the metal worker arrested and put into one of his jails in his confinement. And the woman was just so saddened by this that she begged her father to release him, to let them be, to allow her to go after her love. And her father made her a deal. He said that if the metal worker could make a cup at which they both could drink from at the same time, that without spilling a drop, that he would allow them to be together. So the metal worker then commenced on making the Nuremberg Bridal Cup. Hmm. And so what this cup is, is it is the ones we've seen, they look like they're they're shaped like a goblet. And you've got the, the wide mouth opening on the top and then it comes down and, and opens up on the bottom. Um, Traditionally they're shaped like a maiden. Yeah, and they're it's kind of made to look like a, a maiden and like the one we saw her hands go to the the base of the goblet and it looks like she's holding a, a pitcher over her head except you know she's upside down but that base part of the goblet is on hinges and this is how the the metal worker got around the problem which is it's on hinges so you can if you tilt both of them or you can tilt both the, the bottom part, which is actually hollow, so you can put uh, liquid into it, and the top part, which, you know, is also... Is traditionally a jug or a, a basket yeah. or something that the woman is holding. And uh, if uh, you can hold them both kind of at a 45-degree angle, and they both will hold liquid, and then both you and I uh, can drink out of our, each of our ends without, again, spilling anything. And I think, I, I do think I read, uh, I didn't do no research, I did a little, uh, somewhere that part of that tradition then became that whoever finishes the contents of theirs first is, uh, rules the roost is the term they use. I believe in more modern times, yes, it became a game of whoever finishes their cup first is the leader of the household. And of course, se. the bride's end of the cup is much smaller than the groom's end so I think we'll have to uh, we'll do that and you can have the small end but we're filling it with Jägermeister oh no <laughs> so yeah that, that was one of the things I just kind of came across from a very simple Google search and uh, that seemed fun and uh, they're not horribly priced we looked them up on Amazon I was gonna say we found some on Amazon which were like pretty reasonable for, I think even we found cheaper ones than that yeah and so you know why not we'll throw that in um, and then of course the other one was the kidnapping of the bride uh, which which sounds a lot scarier than it actually mm -hmm. is so basically what happens is towards the end of the wedding uh, the groomsmen and, and other people, you know, other guests at the wedding, are supposed to kidnap the bride, and they take her to a local bar. And they start drinking. And I, as the groom, have to go out and find them. And when I do find them, they give me my bride back in exchange for paying their tab, 
which then motivates me to find you as quickly as possible because they're going to keep drinking while I'm searching. Now, I like this plan because it's kind of fun. And two, um, of my groomsmen, only one of them's uh, from Chicago. So I know the bars downtown much better than they do. I should be able to find them pretty quick. Let's hope so, because out of your groomsmen, with, again, only one being from Chicago, the rest are from Wisconsin, and I've seen those boys put some drinks away. Yeah, no, they'll... Mm. Your tab uh, could be quite hefty. Uh, all I'll say is if they, if, if during the kidnapping, they start to go down the stairs to the L trains, uh, cry out for a police officer, like... As long as they stay pretty local, I can local to, to the venue. I, I can find them, but they get on a train. Like again, I got the whole of Chicago to work with here, so that uh, that that bar tab might get kind of pricey. And we have structured it to where our reception is ending. Sort of, we're starting early to end a little bit early with courtesy for some of our older guests. So I think an after party of being quote-unquote kidnapped yeah. by your groomsmen would be a kind of fun concept. It's, it's cute. You know, and I know your groomsmen very well, so I know that I'd be... Well, and it's not like they're clubbing you over the head and, and dragging you out in a, in, in a sack or rolled up in a carpet or anything like that. You know, you're, you're in on it. They'll just come over and tap you and be like, you know, wait, I'm sure, till I'm distracted by something. Uh, tap you on the shoulder and, and whisk you away and uh, you'll be sitting at a bar somewhere waiting for me to come find you. Honestly, in that scenario, I might be the one that's like, we should go to this bar because it will take him longer to find us. Unless I knew you knew that and planned on which bar I'd go to first based on that idea. It's like three-dimensional chess. But again, it does sound like a fun little game to play. Yeah. And... It is a, a nice German custom to throw plus, in. Plus, it's going to be really easy if it happens to be cold in November, because you're not walking that far. Oh, you'll find me very quick, because I'll be in the bar at the downstairs <laughs> of the Congress. Uh, so, yeah, the, those two we came across, like I say, I, 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 don't, I can't claim any you know grand storied... This tradition has been passed down from generation to generation because, yeah, my family really never did that. Uh, so, uh, thank you, Google. <laughs> well, again, I think when you're taking into account my family, especially the Polish side of my family, we were fortunate enough to have members that came from old Poland. Yeah. I mean, they came over, some as children, some as actual adults. They were, I can remember them speaking Polish fluently to each other and so a lot of these customs lived on through them and were passed down straight from them because it was a fun way for them to share a little bit of heritage with us so I am kind of grateful that I did get those moments and I think that you know I mean obviously not all my great-grandparents are around anymore not any of my great-grandparents are around anymore but being that I did grow up knowing my busha, mm. I did spend a lot of time with her. I think this is a fun way to kind of keep her memory a little bit with me no, on wedding day and say, "Hey, yeah, you know, busha, we're gonna we're gonna do a polka." So, and on my end, I have introduced you to Spetzel. 
Which is delicious. That is true, and I do love spatzel. Yeah, it's hard not to love. Uh, so, anything else for wedding traditions? Yes, actually. I think one of the key ones, in that some people practice, some people don't, but you always hear of it in the little nursery rhyme. Something old, something uh. new, something borrowed, something blue. So, I was all gung-ho for this. This mm-hmm. is one of the traditions that I do want to keep. Each it's, one it's nice. symbolizes a different part of the wedding. And... I was kind of surprised to find out that there is another part to that nursery rhyme. And I guess I should have been a little bit more aware, I suppose, as when we said we were getting married, my grandmother, Mm -hmm. who hails from British roots, Mm -hmm. told me that she would be presenting me with a traditional coin to wear in my shoe, which apparently has been in all the weddings of the ladies in my family, including hers. Mm -hmm. And so the last part of the rhyme is something old, something new, something borrowed, something blue, and a sixpence in your shoe. So I'm apparently wearing a coin in my shoe, which doesn't sound like the most comfortable. That's that's going to be interesting. But each one, as I said, stands for a representative. So the old represents continuity. The new represents optimism. The borrowed represents borrowed happiness. The blue represents purity which goes back to that old concept of why wedding dresses used used to be be blue. blue. Mm -hmm. And the sixpence represents a wish for good fortune. I see. So what you're saying is that all of our listeners out there who are already married and didn't find out what the full rhyme was, you're kind of hosed on this one. You didn't have the sixpence in your shoe. I'm not saying that at all. And it is more common in British custom Mm -hmm. or old English custom for the coin in the shoe so again it just may not be something that every ethnicity has practiced but being that I do have and at first I didn't understand why my grandma wanted me to wear a coin in my shoe it just seemed very uncomfortable (laughs) my aunt claims it gave her blisters so I guess now is this going to be the same coin it is it is the same coin that was used from all my aunts, starting with my grandma. My mm. grandma's father presented it to her, and she wore it and then passed it along to each one of us. Mm. So That's cool. The only stipulation is I have to give the coin back. Well, yeah. So I'm in serious trouble if I lose the coin. <laughs> and that becomes the most precedent thing at our wedding. I must not lose the coin. So even as you feel the blister slowly developing, the shoes are staying on. It might make me feel better to know that if my foot is blistering, at least the coin is still there. Mm. So I do have one from almost each category. I have to still work it out, but I do intend on doing each one of those and wearing it either on me or putting it as a little charm on my bouquet. So. You want, you want to tell people about it now, or you want to keep it a secret until uh, the wedding? I think that I'm... Well, the ones I know, I can I can talk about. So, for something old, I have a very old necklace that my father gave my mother. Mm. And actually looks very complimentary with my dress. Oh, yeah. For something new, I will have either the dress itself or the shoes, which I haven't purchased yet. Mm-hmm. For something borrowed, I'm not entirely sure what that is yet. Okay. 
for something blue is a very nice charm that you <laughs> presented me with. And what's the stone in that? It's a lapis lazuli. Which is a little bit personal for you. Yep. Yeah, but uh, no, and that it's a very, very blue uh, stone. So it it's should, a very pretty stone. Should, should look nice. And it is a necklace right now, but being that I have the well, necklace from my mom, I had planned on attaching that to my bouquet. Yeah. And then I have the coin from my grandma. So basically... You just you need to figure out something borrowed. And I think that I'm going to probably hit up the bridesmaids for this mm -hmm. and see if I can borrow something from one of them mm -hmm. and incorporate that somehow, either as another charm on the bouquet or a piece of jewelry I wear, something to that nature. Mm -hmm. Sounds very nice. So I think that about goes into... But that's uh, that's all of the wedding traditions uh, information you found? I believe so. All right. Well, if any of you out there have other uh, weird or... Uh, I, no, I, we'll pull back from weird. We'll say unique uh, wedding traditions. Uh, feel free to uh, join us on the Facebook group and let us know what they are. I don't know. If, if any of them sound cool, we might just uh, pick that one up. Oh, absolutely. I love learning new things, and I love hearing about other people's customs. So if you have something that is just really special to your family uniquely or is part of your heritage, I would love to hear about it. And uh, Pixert didn't happen. Uh, so, uh, yeah, with that, uh, yeah, like I say, join us on the Facebook group uh, if uh, you've got uh, questions. Again, if you want to share some of your personal wedding traditions, uh Personal wedding tradition horror stories are always fun. Uh, and, um, yeah, and uh, if there are topics for future episodes you're dying to hear, uh, you can uh, recommend them there. If you're not a Facebook user, uh, you can email us at letsplanaweddingpod, P-O-D, at gmail.com. Uh, all one word, no apostrophe in the let's. And with that... I think that's it. Uh, have a good one, everybody. Thanks for joining us.